Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Monday podcast on the 19th of February, 2024. I'm Andy Eubank, and the Hat Podcast on President's Day is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com to learn more and stop by your local branch to talk about your ag operation today. We have Indiana Farm News, markets and weather coming up today. Eric Pfeiffer and Sabrina Halverson have a look back at the USDA Ag Outlook Forum from last week. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says the week looks mostly dry and markets on Friday mixed. Soybeans a short covering rally. Brian Basting has analysis on the Who's Your Ag Today Monday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agriculture cultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Making agriculture your life's work comes with challenges that can leave you feeling alone. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. And when you're a member of ACI, you have agribusiness advocates in your corner, similar agribusiness members to network with, and opportunities for continued education. If your business serves Indiana agriculture, we need your perspective and hope you'll become a member of ACI. Visit inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. News today from USDA's Ag Outlook Forum last week. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today News, brought to you by McDonald's. As we honor the future this National FFA Week, McDonald's of Greater Indiana salutes all farmers throughout the Hoosier State. What the Golden Arches do wouldn't be possible without the support of Indiana farmers. USDA held their Ag Outlook Forum Thursday and Friday, providing some preliminary estimates of corn, soybean, and wheat acres and yields for this year. These estimates are not based on producers' surveys, but instead what their economists say will happen. USDA economists expect corn acres to be down 3.6 million acres from a year ago to 91 million acres with a 181 bushels per acre yield. They expect soybean acres to increase by nearly 4 million acres to 87.5 million with an estimated yield of 52 bushels per acre. Arlen Suderman, chief commodities economist with StoneX, says he doesn't put much stock into these numbers because so much can and will change, but the media that writes about it does, which impacts the markets. Now, supply and demand do drive the markets in the long run, but in the short run, we know that the algo computers, uh, the money that's behind them, take the markets too far in both directions. They take it too low in bearish scenarios. They take it too high uh, in bullish scenarios. Suderman says those USDA numbers essentially give these markets permission to go even lower. For soybeans, they've been doing some historical analysis at StoneX, that doesn't bode well for futures if it repeats itself. Since 2000, the soybean market has only spent 3% of its time in the $11 range. I'm speaking between 11 and 11.99. It spends a lot of time above it, a lot of time below it, but that $11 range, it tends to just simply pass through. Now, history doesn't always repeat itself, but that does suggest if history were to repeat itself, 
that will be dropping below $11 relatively quickly. Um, that's painful for farmers to hear, particularly who may have soybeans left to sell. And Suderman continued saying, I can't tell you what the markets are going to do today, tomorrow, or the next day. I don't have that crystal ball. If I did, I probably wouldn't be sharing it. I'd be on a beach someplace. But I can say this. A lot of times what this market needs is a final flush. And this looks a lot like a final flush. Uh, how low may it go? I don't know. For more market insights, be sure to listen to our full conversation at HoosierAgToday.com. And speaking of the USDA Ag Outlook Forum in D.C., there was an unexpected outburst that interrupted the event on Thursday. Our Sabrina Halverson was there. A protester tried to interrupt Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack Thursday as he gave his keynote speech at the USDA's 100th Agriculture Outlook Forum. The woman shouted from her seat in the second row and accused the secretary of creating the bird flu. Secretary Vilsack. You have already wasted over a billion of our tax dollars to bail out the chicken industry. You are responsible for awarding an industry that is making record profits. You have an opportunity. Responsible, that is responsible for creating a bird flu pandemic. It's a great thing about democracy. No, it is. It's a great thing about democracy. Yesterday, I was in a congressional hearing where, where I was told that I didn't care about production agriculture. And now I'm being told that I care too much about it. Secretary Vilsack attempted to ask the woman to stay and listen to the program, but instead of engaging in that conversation, she continued chanting as security escorted her and her two companions out. Read more at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Sabrina Halverson. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Farm Credit Mid-America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy type, coverage level, and options for you, all guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com slash crop insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. We'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. A mostly dry week ahead of us here as we're looking at temperatures trying to moderate for a good chunk of the week. Colder air is moving out here as we start things off on your Monday, but we'll still see temperatures cooler than what we have on the hand for later in the week. So definitely seeing transition here. Sunshine's going to be a major player. Tomorrow, sunny and milder overall. Wednesday, sun to start, but clouds will increase in the afternoon. Most reason why they're re increasing in the afternoon, we've got a weather system that's going to try and work across the state overnight, Wednesday night into Thursday. Northern part of the state probably only sees a few spits or sprinkles, but you get into southern Indiana, I-70 southward, and especially on Thursday, moisture really ramps up. We're looking at rain 
through the day, anywhere from a quarter to one inch with coverage at 80% of the area from, well, let's just say U.S. 24 southward. So it's a significant round of moisture for central and southern Indiana. It is done by the time we get just past sunset on Thursday night. Cooler temperatures ease in a little bit on a Friday, but they're not as cold as what we saw this past weekend. And then we are sunny and dry and quite warm, honestly, for this upcoming weekend, the 25th and 26th. No significant precipitation. Next week, we start the week dry on Monday, then overnight Monday night into Tuesday, hit and miss scattered rain showers, and we see the rains continue through Wednesday and early Thursday. Right there, we're looking at likely a quarter to one inch of rain across the entirety of the state of Indiana. Behind that, it does look like we stay mild, but we're going to dry down a little bit for the balance of next week, Thursday forward. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Short covering in soybeans and a quiet day in the corn market. Wheat loses some more. This is Who's Your Ag Today. It's the Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Settlements from the final day of trade going into a three-day weekend coming up. First, market analysis. And for that, I checked in in the middle of trade with Brian Basting at Advanced Trading. Brian, it appears finally on Friday a short-covering rally, if you want to call it a rally, in soybeans. Not a lot of news to support the markets. That's a common theme, and it's no different here to end the week going into a three-day weekend with President's Day off for the markets on Monday. But still, finally, good to see beans stop the selling, at least for the moment. Yeah, a little bit there, Andy. We had uh, a really serious drop in nearby bean futures. So when you look at that March contract dropping down below 1170 a bushel, we're looking at the lowest price for nearby bean futures. You have to go all the way back to December of 2020. So over three years ago now that that's been that low. Um, just an improvement in weather in, in Argentina. Uh, USDA at the Ag Outlook Forum on Thursday painted a, a bearish picture for 24-25. Now, that, that seed, needless to say, as your listeners know, is in the bag. Change, but they've got the carryout, being carryout here in the U.S. for next year, penciled in at 435 versus 315 this year. So uh, it's been, been a long road down, but as you said, so short covering ahead of the weekend. Um, a lot can happen over a three-day weekend. We'll come in and look at the weather on, on Monday night and uh, see what uh, the crop is not made yet in Argentina, but they are harvesting beans in Brazil. It's going to be a smaller crop, but it's not a catastrophic situation. So, it, yes, it's uh, the other thing I'd add, Andy, on beans is that the export business is, is drying up. Uh, if China does not come back in here and make some, some more purchases uh, here in February and March before those Brazilian beans really hit the pipeline, I'm afraid that the U.S. bean carryout could increase even further from that 315 number that the USDA is using. Adding more pressure, and as we look at the market action on Friday, over a nickel higher, but certainly not impressive, and this doesn't necessarily give anyone confidence that this will continue. No, I think I'm just taking the short covering as, as the funds have a lot of uh, heavy short position in place ahead of a three-day weekend, just taking some profits off the table. Uh, a little bit of a rebound, um, but, uh, you know, uh, there's just nothing on this short-term horizon that would get them to bail out of those short positions to a big degree. Now, we come in and something changes. China comes in here and buys 2 million tons or something. It would certainly be a welcome sight, but it hasn't happened yet. And um, so, I, I, yeah, again, I can't read too much into, into Friday's bounce here. 
uh, other than just profit-taking ahead of a three-day weekend here. Relatively flat on Friday in the corn market. Yet again, a market with no good news to support it and really just sitting around doing nothing. It's kind of a grind lower, Andy. It's, it's been new contract lows for several days in a row, uh, kind of along the same lines of beans. We have to go back to December of 2020 to see nearby corn futures below 420 a bushel. Uh, which is where the March contract is trading as we speak here on Friday. So it's it's been difficult to find uh, heavy buying. We did have a decent week of export sales uh, this week. Um, so these low prices are encouraging some some end user coverage. But um, again, when you look at the carryout forecast for this year, nearly 2.2 billion bushels in the ag outlook form, albeit with a record yield penciled in, uh, even with lower acreage, has a carryout for next year, 24-25. Again, the crop that's still in the bag. Uh, over 2.5 billion bushels. So uh, it just feels heavy right now. Um, you know, there'll be a point here where, where it's a good value level, but I certainly don't know what that point is for sure. And the funds in the meantime are certainly pressuring the market, uh, as it were. Uh, maybe some, some um, short covering could surface here at any point at these low levels. Uh, but uh, you're right. They don't have any bullish news to hang your head on right now. Brian Basting is alongside from Advanced Trading. One analyst characterized the week for wheat futures as tragic. Would you concur with that, or how else would you characterize wheat? Searching for demand, Andy. We've got, uh, we are the residual supplier, I'd remind your listeners, to the world in terms of exports. We've got a, a position where we are just too expensive. The U.S. is just too expensive to compete in an apples-to-apples environment in terms of quality. There's no, no disputing the quality in the, uh, of the U.S. grain and the logistics. All those things are top-notch here in the U.S., but it's simply cheaper for buyers to, to source their, their wheat from the Black Sea, whether that be uh, Russia, especially Ukraine. And now, Andy, the, the supply from the Southern Hemisphere is working its way into the world pipeline, and that's from Argentina and Australia. So we're going to get some business here just because it's the end of the crop year and, and supplies are running low, for example, as the crop year winds down. But we cannot get an export market to sustain, sustain any momentum. Corn is going lockstep with, being, with wheat making contract lows, so feeding is, is not a, a, an option yet. In other words, it's cheaper to feed corn than to just feed wheat. So you're searching for demand, I guess, would be my my summary. And, of course, the winter wheat crop is in the ground. Um, form told us, Outlook form told us this week we're going to plant probably a little less spring wheat this spring compared to a year ago. But um, without demand, our stocks could build further in 24, 25. So, again, a lot can change, uh, particularly in wheat when you got so many players in the world who are important. But I'd, I'd add at this point in the northern hemisphere, whether it's the U.S., whether it's Europe, Russia, Ukraine, there aren't any serious crop issues. Uh, the drought that's been in place, for example, out in the western plains, Kansas, Oklahoma, the last two years, much, much better moisture conditions at the moment compared to those last two years. Economist Brian Basting at Advanced Trading. Brian's number is 309-664-2314. On the Hat Friday Farm Market Review, settlements now. It was an even day all throughout in corn futures, and we ended split. March corn down a penny and a quarter, 416 and a half. May down a quarter cent. July up a half cent at 440 and a quarter. March beans, an even dime gain on the day 11.72 and a quarter may 11.76 and a quarter up a dime and a quarter 
In July, 1184 and three quarters, nine and a half cents higher. March wheat, 560 and a half, losing six and a half cents. April live cattle, 187.55, a pickup of $1.95. And it was a very quiet day in the hog market. April lean hogs finishing up 22 cents, 85.22. I'm Ian Eubank with the Friday market review. Markets will be closed on Monday, President's Day, a federal holiday. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm network.